0: बरड़ सरोचरज देख कर सुधारी बरड़ फलचारी Dehubuhi Hara Hukalish Vikar Jay Hatuba the Gyad, a good sagger Jacob Peasity, who look Ujagger Rabatu, the Hatu, little palataba Ajadi putrapa, the sutta lava जरागी कोबति दिवारी सुबति केशगी कजड़ भरद बिराज सुबेश कादर कुटल कुचित केश हाथ वज्र औ ध्वजा तेज प्रताप जग पद गुडी अति काज को आतुर Prabhu Charitra Suni Beko Rasiya Ram Lakhana Sita Man Basiya Sukshma Roop Dharisi Yahi Dikhava Vikat Roop Asura Sabhare Ram Chadra Kekaj Laisa Jeevan Lakhana Shri Raghubir Harashi Urali लाय रघुपति की नी बहुत बड़ाई तो ब्रिय भर ताही सब भाई सहस बधत तो भरो जस गावे अस कहीं श्रीपति पति लगावे सनकादिक दिक्क ब्रह्मादि सा। नारद सारद सहित अहिसा जब कुबेर जिक पाल जाते कभी को बिद कही सके कहते तब उपकार सुग्रीव ही कीना राव बिलाए राज पत दीना तब रोबत्र भी भीषण बाना लक्ष्मी भय सब जग जाना जुक सहस्त्र जो जन पर भाड़ लीलो ताहि बदुर फल जादू प्रभु बुद्धि का बैली बुखबाई जल्दी लागी गए अचरज नहीं दुर्गम काच जगत के जेती सुगम अनुक्रह तुम भरेती ती राव दुआरी तुम रखवारे होत ना आग बिडु पै सारे सब सुकल है तू तुम रक्षक काहू को डरना आपर तेज समारो आपे तीनो लोक हाक ते कापे भूत पिशाच निकट नहीं आवे महामीर जब नाम सुनावे नासे रोग हरे सब पीरा जपत निरतर हनुमत भीरा संकट ते हनुमान छुड़ा Bad grub, bachad, jo तिनकी काज सकल तुम साजा। और मनूरत जो कोई लावे। सोई अमत जीवन फल पावे। चारो जुग पर ताप तुम्हारा। है परसित जगत उजियारा। साधु संत के तुम रखवारे। असुर निका दन राम दुलारे। आश्ट से धिनाव। Nidhi Ke Data Aspar Deen Jaan Ki Mata Ram Rasayan Tumre Paasa Sada Raho Ragupati Ke Dasa Tumre Bhajan Ram Ko Paave Janam Janam Ke Dukh Misraave Antkaal Ragubar Purjai Jaha Janb Hari Bhakt Kaai और देवता चतर धर रही हनुमत से ही सर्ब सुख कर संकट कटे मिटे सब पीरा जो सुबिरे हनुमत बलबीरा जय 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 हनुमान गुसाई। प्रिपा करो हो गुरु देव की नाई जो सत बार पाट करे कोई छूट ही बद्धी बहा सुक होई जो यह पढ़े हनुमान चालीसा सा होए सिद्ध सा की गौरी सा तुल दास सदा हरी चेरा की जैनात हर देम पवतरे स कट हरद बगल बूर तीर रूप राब सीता सहित रे दै बसो आवर, राब चंद्र O Bapati Paha Devaki, Jai, Bolo Rebhai Sabh Santana Ki, Jai. Jai Shri Krishna, Jai Shri ram Today, the much awaited time, where we are going to start, chapter 2 has come. Chapter 2. Sakya Yoga, where Sri Krishna finally breaks his silence and talks to Sri Arjuna. Why was he silent all this while? Because Sri Arjuna had not surrendered yet. Tarak, Tarak, Arguments. There is something called Arguments, there is something called doubt, And there is something called curiosity. When we are arguing, we are not in a receptive state. Right? Then, when we are doubting, again, we are not in the receptive state. But when we are curious, or probably we have a jigyasa, then we are in a receptive state. And, till The student is ready. But Still the student has emptied himself of whatever baggage, whatever doubts he was carrying. How can new knowledge be filled? It's like a catch-22, isn't it? Lord actually starts talking when your efforts become effortless. Yes. Arjun is a great sadhak. Gita is a book which tells us how to lead our life, how to live in this world, how to live to attain liberation, how to live to surrender to the Lord. This is not a text which is just has been randomly put in front of us to solve our problems or material benefits can be gained by this Sandaeh. None of our scriptures are meant for that. Yes, by going through the scriptures, by understanding the ways, we can progress in life much better because all the dissipation stops. Just like in Arjun, he is having Vishad right now. Grief, agony. Most of the time, we are filled with grief and agony. Avesha, Is there a time where there is no grief and agony in us? Momentarily also, way behind, deep in our hearts, there is a kind of a vacuum always. And all that we do throughout our life is to attain peace. We seek peace outside, we seek happiness outside. However, peace and happiness can be found only within. And that one place we never look at. And Arjun over here, when he got engrossed in this world, in spite of years and years and years of sadha, he is Gudakesh. He has full control over his senses. He has control over Nidra. He has control over all his karmidriyas and gyanidriyas. However, right now, when he mingled in the world, He came in the clutches of the Maya again. However, the beauty is, when we go through chapter 1, we realize that no matter how pathetic his situation is getting, one thing he is not letting go of is Shri Krishna. He is not talking to the world. He is not talking to his neighbors. He is not calling his parents. He is not talking to his brothers. He is not talking to his friends. He is not talking to anybody Every grief, every doubt, every question, every agony, everything that is making him sorrowful is being presented in front of Shri Krishna, and only Shri Krishna is being asked for the solution. Nobody else. Hence, but the calling is so strong, the Lord gets. Belt to answer. Because the calling is so strong Because the distraction is not there Because the faith in the Lord In spite of the multitudes of problems Which are coming Has not been shaken The minute they are faced with a problem The first thing they will say is What God We don't believe in God we prayed so much we tried so much we have always been good in our lives yet God has always caused problems and obstacles hence we don't have faith in the Lord anymore full stop there ends their journey and the Lord says to no problem if you think I am not capable so be it over here in spite of that magnitude of problems Arjun Did he not face enough and many problems? From the time when Pandu had to go to the jungle, where they were raised, they lost their father, they came back, they lost their kingdom, again Draupati, how they were Draupati and everybody else was treated and again in the end, they were not given their rightful place. Not even five villages Duryodhan was willing to give them. So it is not that Arjuna did not have fair share of problem, yet when given a choice, he said, "I choose the Lord, not the material world." That kind of a vishwas, you know, unshakable, unshaken faith in the Lord is needed. And this scripture is the scripture of a sadak. Gita is what happens to a spiritual devotee who has actually tried a lot, given it all he can and then he feels the light fade away. What happens? Suppose we want to see the stars, right? Can we see the stars clearly in a city? Though, no, right? It is difficult because of the bright lights that surround the city and the pollution that surrounds the city. It does not mean that the stars and the planets and the celestial things are not there in the sky. However, because we are in the city, we are unable to see them. So, what happens is we move away from the city. We move away from the city and We leave the light and the pollution of the world because we want to see the celestial things in the sky. Like celestial bodies in the sky. And then we wait. There will be a time where there will be darkness everywhere because we have left the brightness and the shining glory of the material world, of the city yet it is not Time yet for the stars to start showing because the sun is still there, you know. Somewhere it is not that bright, but the sun is still there. Till it becomes pitch dark. The glory of the beautiful celestial bodies in the sky cannot be seen. That phase when the brightness of the material world has been left behind. And the light of the spiritual world has not yet come to be seen is the period where a devotee like Arjun starts to tremble. He says, I have left everything and I have not reached the Lord yet. What if I never do? What will happen to me? And this is what is Arjun's Vishad for. Now, what is our vishad for? Is something that we need to ask ourselves. And time and again, when we were working on chapter 1, we kept saying, please refer back to chapter 16, where you can analyze your vastas and vrittis and vices and virtues. Go one by one, step by step while reading. The verses and internalize them, analyze yourself based on those verses. Chapter 1 is essential because it builds a foundation to understand where we stand or what the scripture is eventually going to answer. It is not an introductory uh, chapter. It is the foundation stone of Bhagavad Gita, chapter 1. And we realized in that initially we saw Duryodhan and how he was approaching the senior members in his army. Then we were given the description of this side and that side of the army, like the Pandav army and the Kaurav or the Duryodhan side of the army. And later in verse 20, and before that, not only the description the different shanks and what happened what was the power what was the strength of each and every warrior everything was described and after that from verse 20 Gita actually starts where Shri Krishna takes Arjuna gradually to the middle of the battlefield and there in the midst of the battle in the midst of the battle the doubts start arising see Always remember, when everything is nice and beautiful, there is nothing to question, isn't it? If everything is going in our favor, we would not have too many doubts and questions. It is when the situations are not in our favor that we start questioning even our own existence. We need that kind of a situation to question. And this is exactly what happened to Arjun. And he not only questioned from the physical perspective, he questioned from the spiritual perspective, he questioned from the dharmic perspective, he questioned from the intellectual perspective, he even questioned from the mental perspective. All. He talked about a lot of situations. Each and every question of Arjun is worth pondering on. How do we ponder it? Ponder on it by introspecting ourselves. Okay, with this regard, where do I stand? With that regard, where do I stand? Because this is my human manual. This is going to tell me how I should lead my own life. So that is Vishad. Where there is, that is why we says, right? Please give me sorrows, please not sorrows. Please give me troubles and obstacles so that I always think about you. So with that, chapter 1 of Bhagavad Gita comes to an end. Chapter 2 is Sankhya Yoga. What is Sankhya Yoga? Sankhya Yoga, to generally put, is the chapter of true knowledge, right knowledge. We all have knowledge. Now it is debatable whether the knowledge is right or wrong, the knowledge is true or not. That is a topic of great debate. This chapter tells us or begins to tell us or gives us a framework or a background of what true knowledge is. We normally make decisions based on our knowledge, isn't it? Based on what we have learned, based on what we think is good or bad. All that we do in the world around us is based on our knowledge. Knowledge is the precedent to action. Isn't it true? It is the precedent to action, the way in which we have to behave, conduct ourselves in this world, the method of action is the knowledge thereof. Theory and practice go together. Knowledge and action are inseparable. Yoke is not merely action in the common sense, meaning of the term, but action proceeding from the being of a person and the action becoming more and more comprehensive and complete as the dimension of being expands itself gradually in the process of the practice of yoga. This is written by Swami Krishnanath. Basically, he is saying that everything we do is based on our knowledge. savaj hogi, uttahi to hum So whatever we, how we act in the world depends on the subtle knowledge that we possess. And this knowledge is given to us by situations, conditioning of our parents and our environment. They condition us, right? What we are thought to be right or wrong by people, situations, people we come across probably the teachers, where we grow up. That also tells us what is right or wrong. So, This knowledge that we act on, on a day-to-day basis, is a very subjective knowledge. What is subjective? It is dependent on a lot of factors, like where we are brought up, who has raised us, what was their thought process, what situations have arisen in our life, which country do we come from, which country we are residing in, what is our peer circle, so on and so forth. So this is a very subjective kind of knowledge. Is it true or not? What is considered right here in one country could be considered wrong in another country. Right? If you go to India and you leave food on your plate, it will be considered an insult that the food was not good. You go to Japan or China and you don't finish. If you finish the food on your plate, it is considered an insult that you finished the food. So you are supposed to leave a little bit saying that yes, I am content and full. This is just simple basic example. There are many, many examples of such. So what is right knowledge then? That is what Gita tells us. That is what Sankhya Yoga is all about. Again, let us think about the rules that govern a city. We have rules that we follow in our family. We have rules that we follow in our kul probably. There are rules that we follow in a city. Guidelines are given. There are certain rules and guidelines by which you have to live in a country. And there are certain rules and guidelines by which you have to live in the world. Right? If we break the rules and guidelines of various places, we are punishable somewhere by the family and somewhere by law. In the same way, there are rules that govern our lives from that divine perspective also. Just because we don't know them, just because we don't follow them, just because we think they don't exist, that does not make them non-existent. They are and accordingly we are being judged whether we like it or not, whether we know it or not. There are certain points, there are certain ways in which we are expected to behave. I'll take a very simple example. Okay. What, according to you, is considered your responsibility? Please answer this question yourself. What, according to is your responsibility? Who are you responsible for? Now, as per our shastras, all the Shastras tell us that we have various responsibility. We are not only responsible for our family. There is no mention over there. Yes, we are. But still, we are responsible to the humans, fellow human beings. We are responsible to our ancestors. We are responsible towards the gods and the deities in the heaven. We are responsible to the elevated sages, the Brahmins, the door of the brahman. Not only this, we are responsible to the beasts and the animals and the plants also. Now, whether we know it or not, this is the five thing, very, very broadly put, that we are supposed to be responsible to. Think about it. So if we are not following these five things, what happens? Even though we are not following it because of ignorance, but that does not mean that that knowledge is not available. Now Gita and Sankhya Yoga tells us a lot about true knowledge. The initial ten verses, they talk about the total surrender of Arjuna. How Arjuna totally surrenders to Shri Krishna. After that, the verses start talking about Sankhya philosophy. Then they talk about the path of Yoga, Karbhya And then they talk about Bhakti Yoga. And then they talk about Sanyas. Broadly, or it can be said that initially Surrender. Then the rules of lives are presented, of different, 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 different paths. The characteristics of people who are stith are also given. This is also a gist. Basically, it is the gist of all the laws. It is not the detailed law, but it is like a comprehensive guide with a summary of what we should expect. behave like what should we should expect to act like what we should expect in the form of true knowledge and later on through various verses it is elaborated because arjun did not understand he was still not convinced and it is okay in our scriptures in our dharma it is encouraged that we ask questions it is encouraged that we understand before we believe there is no room for blind faith Over here, though Arjun will surrender, he will question the Lord also. And the Lord will patiently answer. He will keep answering till Arjun understands. There is no space for blind faith. And that is Sankhya Yoga. Now let's try to understand from one more perspective what Sankhya Yoga is. Now for instance, I am a farmer and I am planting crops, right? And after the crops have been planted and then I harvest it and I feel that because of all my effort, excuse me, because of all my effort, it is me who is responsible or who is rightly Uh, rightly the, how should I put it, rightly deserves all the benefits of the effort. Because it was me who planted the crops. But is it true? Is it true that I deserve the fruits of all the crops or all the effort? I deserve all the money. I deserve all the credit because of the crops and the harvesting. Is it true? Is it true? It is not. Suppose a lot of effort, the same amount of effort, had been put in and it did not rain. Will the crops grow? Same amount of effort would have put in, but the insects ate away the crops. Will the crops grow? The same amount of effort was put in, but through nature there was a fire. Will the crops grow? The same amount was put in, however... The soil was not fertile enough. Will the crops grow? The same amount was put in. However, the seeds were not given. The seeds which I bought were not good enough. Will the crops grow properly? And so on and so forth. Now, how much of the fruit of labor do I deserve? Think about it. It's not only me anymore, isn't it? The rains, the soil, the winds, every bit of it had a role to play, silently probably. Everything had a role to play in the crops coming up. How can I claim the full fruit? But through ignorance, we end up saying, that I have put in such much so much effort. I have done so and so. I worked so hard I deserve Ari Bhai. Nothing worth achieving in life is ever achieved alone. There is nothing called a self made man or a self made woman. I am sorry to say that. Multiple, multiple things around us, multiple elements in the universe, multiple people, multiple situations make us achieve what we achieve in life. It is the ignorant who say that I did it all by myself. Foolish. And once you understand that everything that has come your way, is not yours alone, is not a result of your effort alone. Knowingly or unknowingly, a lot has gone in for you to reach that point. You would never have that karta bhav, the doership, nor would you have that bhokta bhav, where you say, I am going to get the fruits of my action where the action was not totally yours. What right do you have over the fruit? So, this is true knowledge. We have to expand our thinking. We have to think beyond. Now, suppose because I am a human, today when I start thinking, I think of gods also in a human form. I think of everything from the way I am. In the same way, a cow will think the god has a cow form. A pig will think the god looks like a pig. Because that is how we have. Constraint our outlook. He feels that the entire world exists in that well only. The frog who lives in a well considers the well to be the world, the universe, the multiverse and that is what has happened to us. Now this Sakya Yoga, true knowledge, tries to open up our mind to the various realities of this world. And then it says, now act in this world, now talk in this world, now walk in this world with this true knowledge. Think about it. Isn't it true? The more we know, the more informed we are about the reality, the more informed and better our actions would be. Yes, we can choose to use the same reality in the negative way. Nobody is stopping us. Many of the Dhanavs and the Rakshasas have done it. But that's a different story. Let's not get there. So, this is the beauty. Think about it. This is what Gita is about. It will put us face to face with reality. Sankhya. True knowledge, true knowledge. Yoga, connection, it will connect us through the true knowledge. Yoga is connection, true knowledge. For that, the likes of Arjun surrendered at the feet of the Lord. Only then did he start talking. Otherwise, why would he talk? See, the Lord does not act. He does not act. He just guides. Suppose we are on a journey and we are going to Kedardat. But by chance, because of some distraction or some wrong reading of the map, we start going in the opposite direction. Will we reach Kedardat? No, because we are moving away from Kedarnath. We are not going towards Kedarnath. However, on the road, somebody looks at us and says, Oh, where are you going? And we say, we are going to Kedarnath. He says, no, but Kedarnath is in the opposite direction. You are walking away from Kedarnath. You are not walking towards Kedarnath. And then he shows us the right direction. He shows us the right direction. And then it is our choice. If we start walking towards Kedarnath, God willing, we will reach if we still are adamant and we do not walk towards Kedarnath, we will reach wherever we are destined to reach. See, this is all that God does. Time and again, whether we realize it or not, just like He is there, ready to guide Arjuna, He is standing there, ready to guide us also. But the problem is, we are not willing to take the counsel of the Lord. Once, it's a very cute story. Once Maa Lakshmi and Vishnuji were sitting in Vaikuntham, and she was looking down, looking at everybody, all the creatures, all the beings, all alike to her, because she thinks that everybody has that same divine glow in them. She's the mother of all, and she suddenly looked at the pigs. They were eating rotten food. They were all dirty, rolling in mud. And she had tears in her eyes and she ran to God and said, Listen, the pigs are rolling in mud. See, see, see what they are eating, rotten food. What kind of a father are you? Please, please give them a better life. Call them to make kundhaam. Now, Sri to turned to Lakshmi and said, do you think they want to come to Meikundam? I have no problem calling them to Meikundam. But they would not want to come. And Mahalakshmi said, what makes you think that? That they would not want to come to Meikundam? She said, why, why do you say that? And Sri Vishnu said, why don't you find out for yourself? So she decided to find out. She called Muni, you know the divine messenger. He's like the heart of the Lord, right? So he came. He said, what should I do? He said, please go take the chariot, the best possible chariot and bring those pigs to Bekundhap. I can't see their agony. I can't see their sorrow. I can't see what they're eating. It's rotten. Oh, please, 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 Narad Muni, get them back. So Narad Muni goes and he says, uh, there is a call from Bekundhap. Lakshmi wants you to Come to Vaikurdhap. The Mr. Pig over here looks at who is Lakshmi, who Vishnu, who are you, what is this? He said, Come to Vaikurdhap. This place is not as good as Vaikurdhap. Over there, life is bliss. You will get nectar. You won't have to eat jug. There will be so much of peaceful life that you will not have any fear of being butchered. Ah. Uh, Mr. Pig was oblivious of his fate, right? He did not know that he is being fed so much to be butchered later. So he said, okay, okay, okay. You wait, whoever you are. I will go and talk to Mrs. Pig. So he went to Mrs. Pig and he talked to Mrs. Pig. And he said, there is this person called Narad. He wants to take us to some place called Wekut. Some people called uh, Vishnu and Lakshmi are calling. Do you want to go? They say it's a good life. We live very happily over there. Now Mrs. Pig... Looked at Mr. Pig and said, Will we be able to eat our rotten bread? And will we have mud to roll in Vaikundha? If so, we can go. If not, what's the point? So Mr. Pig said, Yes, yes, Mrs. Pig is very intelligent. So he went back to Narad Muni and he said, Will we have what we eat? You, Narad Muni said, You don't get such trash over there. There you'll get nectar. There you'll get amrit. Then Mr. Pig said, Shoo, go away. Who are you? If we do not get what we are getting over here, why would we want to go and live in that so-called weck? We don't want to come. Go away, go away, go away. And don't come back again. We are very happy living in this world. Lakshmi ji was... She was quiet. She had no words. And Vishnu ji went back to his yoga nidra. Telling her, Are bhai, mein toh sabko leyao, koji aana chahe toh. And that is the thing. The Lord, just like he is standing with Arjun, Krishna is standing right next to us, waiting for us to turn to him in the times of agony and doubt and ask him, Are Krishna, bata do, sahih kya hai, galat kya hai. Arre, Krishna, hamai bhi gita ka gyan do. Arre, Krishna, give us the secret of the universe. Are Krishna, please tell us, Are Krishna, I surrender. There is no partiality that Shri Krishna was for Arjuna. He is not for us. But we also have to have that love. We also have to have that desperate desire to know. We also have to have that faith in Krishna, right? For Sri Krishna to help us. That is the difference between us and Arjuna. And this difference can be bridged. Of course it can be bridged. Vivekanandji, so Naredra at that time, was sitting with Ramakrishna Parabhats. And he was sitting with Ramakrishna Parabhats and he asked, Who are you? You know, this big question in Vedanta. And Ramakrishna Parabhats said, I am Ram, Ram Krishna, I am Ram Krishna. Oh no, said Naredra Vivekananda, that that time he was called Naredra. He said, no, that is your name. Who are you? Are Ram Krishna Parabhad said, that is what I am telling you. I am Ram and I am Krishna also. And Naredra, you are Ram and you are Krishna also. The only difference is that I have come to know and you do not know yet. The only difference is I have come to know and you do not know yet. Ultimately, we are the same Tatva. We are that same Divine. There is no difference. The difference is the knowledge. Sankhya Yoga. The true knowledge. And though Sajjaya over here in the first verse of the second chapter says, what does he say? Let's read it. Om Shri Damaha, Atha Dvithiyo Dhyaya Sahya Yoga. Sajjaya Uwacher Tabta tha cripe ya wishedum Ashrupuda kulek shadam. Wishi Again Tabta tha cripe ya wishedum Ashrupuda kulek Again, one more thing we have to remember. Sajjai is listening, right? He is listening and he is looking at the situation. He does not know, probably he has, he does not have, but what Sri Krishna is saying to Arjuna, what is happening in Arjuna's mind and what is happening to Krishna Is being said by Sajjay to to Dhritarasht, right? However, what is the understanding of Sajjay? Who knows? As we always say, Vedvyas ji said, I understand what is written in the Gita. Shukracharya ji understands what is written in the Gita, but I do not know. Whether Sanjay understands what is written in the Gita. I do not know whether I understand what is written in the Gita, whether you understand what is written in the Gita, because Gita Granth is also going to be interpreted based on our knowledge. Jitti Habari Sabajdeki Shakti hai. So ultimately, what is needed? Expand our knowledge, expand our heart, expand our horizons so we can understand what is written in this divine scripture. And over here, he's saying, He said, Look at Arjun. He's telling Dhritarashtra. Dhritarashtra is very happy. Because he feels that now that Arjun has put down his Gandiv, right? And he is sitting on the chariot and he is weeping. In this verse that is saying he is weeping so much. You know that weep of grief and agony. There are some tears, there are no tears. Puri eyes are covered so much so that his vision has been blurred because of the tears. He is so hysteric. And not only this, he is totally in agony that the dwelling on the weakness dwelling on what is happening dwelling on that emotion of agony has made him a lot more sad than he was before never dwell on anything huh? never dwell on joy never dwell on things never even dwell on your sorrows See them pass, see them pass, see them pass. Don't hold on to them. That is what makes you weak. Hurt does not make you weak. Holding on to the hurt, fear does not make you weak. Holding and dwelling on the fear makes you weak. And this is what has happened to Arjun right now. When he started, he was with, I will not give and I will not run. I will win my kingdom back. And up. Gandiv and his, what was the t- entire description that was beautifully given? His, his hands were trembling, his mouth was dry, his ears, his brain was not functioning, his entire body was shivering. He did not even have the strength to hold on his own Gandiv. His eyes were watering and there was as if there was fire in his body, fire of agony in his body. Physically, mentally, emotionally, every form he was drained. That was Arjun who said, Before before that he said, And now we to lege our Raj. What happened? Dwelling. But, again and again, Sri Arjun is not an ordinary person. He is a great elevated sadhak. And one thing he is not letting go of is... Shri Krishna, no matter what the situation, no matter how dark it is right now, he is holding on to the Lord. And when you are holding on to the Lord, it is okay to fall a thousand times as long as you don't lose focus. And Arjun over here is not losing focus. However, the description is such that it is saying that Arjun is having tears in his eyes, because of that, he is unable to see. He is so upset that he is so full of Vishad that he does not know what to do. He has put down his Gandiv and said, he is broken and beaten and he cannot fight the battle. Sanjay must be thinking and Dhritarashtra must be convinced. And is happy That blind, sorry, no respect is not no. that king who could not see is happy. Okay, up there will be no battle now. My sons have won. Arjun, if Arjun does not fight, this battle is as good as lost. Amazing. However, who is he addressing? What is Sajja saying after this? Seeing this situation, Badhu Sudhan. In every verse. We have to notice that a different name of Sri Krishna has been used and that is very, very important. Over here it is Badhu the killer of the demon Badhu. The killer of a demon. Badhu replied and the words that are written over his over here is Vishidanta Bidam Vakyam Vachamadusudana. Again, there is something very important, very essential that is being said. What is going to be said is going to be very, very, very important. So Sanjay knows that looking at the condition of Arjun, Sri Krishna over here who has been addressed as Sudhan, the killer of the demon, Is going to say something very important. And over here, Sanjay indirectly is telling Dhritarasht that when Sri Krishna speaks, then we will know the course of the battle. Till now, he was quiet. Now he is the killer of the demons. He is the killer of Vishad. He is the killer of all the vices. He is the killer of all the fears. And if he talks, he will be able to pull Arjun out of his grief. So the opening stanza is where Sanjay, though says that the condition of Arjun is broken and miserable, he is refusing to fight. He is sitting with his bow and arrow down. Yet, now, Sri Krishna is ready to talk to Arjuna. Why is Sri Krishna ready to talk to Arjuna right now? Because Sri Arjuna has surrendered almost fully and he is willing to listen. Only when the time is right, only when the student is ready will the teacher appear. Many a times the teacher is right in front of us yet we are not in the receptive mode. We are unable to see the glory of the person sitting in front of us. We are unable to derive knowledge. Bhai, if we have the capacity we do not need food to run our bodies. Everything around us is feeding and is nourishing for our body. But we do not know how to do it. We do not know how to extract nutrition from thin air or water. These plants know, right? From the sun, from the soil, they produce their own nutrition. But we do not know that art. Art. That does not mean that that art is not available. That does not mean that knowledge is not available. It only means we are oblivious of the knowledge. And now Shri Krishna might give Arjuna the knowledge to help Arjuna fight his grief. So, O Dhritarasht, don't be so overjoyed. The battle is not won yet. Because Sri Krishna has not talked yet, and Arjun has not left Krishna yet. Till Arjun is holding on to Krishna, and Krishna is willing to counsel Arjun, Arjun is not defeatable. Momentarily, he must have just stopped, as they say, right? When things go wrong as they sometimes will. When the road you are turning seems all uphill. When the funds are low and the debts are high. You want to smile but you have to sigh. Rest if you must. But don't you quit. You want to smile? When when things are pressing you down a bit. Rest if you must. But don't you quit. Arjun has not quit yet. Arjuna is on the chariot but Arjuna realized that his strength is not as magnificent as the strength of the universe. His knowledge is not as great as the knowledge of the Lord and the universe. He has realized he has emptied himself of the most important hindrance, the biggest hindrance to learning that is his ego over here we are not questioning self belief we are not talking or demeaning confidence we are condemning wrong belief and we are saying overconfidence is not something that one should have we will go on there is a lot to learn there is a lot to learn in Gita and the more we dwell on Gita the better it is. We become what we dwell on. So dwell on God. Dwell on every verse. Let the verse be churned in your mind thoroughly throughout the day. And see those scriptures speak to you. Before we end, let's remind ourselves that in order to understand, in order to know, One thing that is needed, which Sri Arjuna definitely had, is consistency and persistence. Whether you like it or not, you keep walking. Whether you have the strength or not, you keep walking. Whether you want to or not, you just have to do. (laughs) He says, even if I try to stop myself, I will not let myself stop. yes. It just so happened, there was a village and it so happened that they made Indra Agri. Right? Indra, the god of water, he got angry, rains and all. And he said, for the next 12 years, there will be drought. There won't be any rain in your village, no matter how hard you try. And after 12 years, only then will there be rain. Now, it just so happened that there was a correlation between the Dabru playing and rain. So, it was said that even the only overriding factor would be that if Shivji played his Dabru. However, Indra had taken Shivji with him into confidence that Shivji would not play his Dabru for 12 years so that he it does not rain because he had cursed the villagers. Fine. So the villagers decided that nothing will be done. So there is no need to even try because the land is all dry. So they put away their shovels, they put away their uh, seeds, everything was put away, the bullock carts, everything was put away and no one was doing their farming. However, there was this one villager, right? One villager, alone, every day morning he would get up, he would tie the... All the he will take all his uh, equipment, all his tools to do the shoveling and everything. He'll take his bullock carts. He would go on plant seeds, start working, plant seeds, start working every day in day out a year went by. Two people said, "Are you mad? Why are you tiring yourself without water? Your seeds are not going to sprout." And you know that for the next 12 years there is not going to be any rain. And Ma Parvati up there would see this man toiling day in, day out, day in, day out, because he told the villagers, Don't laugh at me. You know, at the end of fourth year or fifth year, the villagers started thinking of him as a fool. So he said, No. The problem is, I do not want to stop doing what I normally do as a farmer because I'll become weak and when the time is right, I will not be able to plough my field. I will not know what to do. I will lose practice. Hence, I am staying in practice. So that is why I keep plowing my field. I keep putting in seeds. I am always prepared for any form of rain. The villagers thought he has totally lost it because he said it's not going to rain for 12 years. Indra has cursed us. He has the consent of Shivji. No matter what, it won't rain. You are silly to even try. Go home and rest. Why are you tiring yourself? But this man did not listen. Why should you bother about what people think about you? dunya to jo alag chalta hai usko bavla hi bolti, bolti. no problem now ma Parvati was watching everything from up she looked down and she told Shivji look at him he's toiling so hard you're not doing anything for him he said I can't Indra said for 12 years there's not going to be any rain so I cannot help him see he's trying he's saying he will not and he's trying his best so that he does not forget how to plow a field but Ma Parvati looked at him and said, to, at Shivji and said, what if for 12 years, it has been 5 years since you played your drum damru, after 12 years you forget how to play your dabru What will happen to you, Nath? And Shivji says, no, no, no. I will not forget how to play my dabru See, I'll show you. I still remember how to play my dabru And dum, 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 dum. Shivji started playing. Suddenly, there was raid. There was rain. There was rain. It was supposed to be a region full of drought for 12 years but it started raining and who was the lucky one? The farmers were sitting and ridiculing this poor man who was toiling? No, his seeds were there his field was ploughed and when it rained, his field was ready to bear fruit. This is what Arjuna is again all about (coughs) even when there was drought there was no rain there was agony he kept plowing the field he kept intact his faith and that is why the Lord decided to shower and when Lord showered the shower of wisdom he was there ready to take it this is what it is. So although Sanjay is saying that he is broken and beaten in this verse over here, is like you know, there is nothing that he can see. That he, although his tears, eyes are clouded by tears and he is unable to see the world, his vision has not strayed from the Lord. He has not taken away sight. From the feet of the Lord Ashru hai Takleef hai Doubt hai Sab kuch hai Kintu He is clear When he is with the tears Everything With the agony One thing Everything probably has shaken in his world Everything is misfit Everything is misplaced But one thing is fit in his mind My Lord, no matter what, I can see you. I am not leaving your feet. I have left the Gandiv. My tears are in my eyes, but you are still in my heart. And I have left the Gandiv. I never left your feet, my Lord. And when such Arjuna is born, Shri Krishna is compelled to sing his Gita. He is compelled to sing his Gita. Jai Shri Krishna, Jai Shri Raab. Shri Krishna go with the he Hidat Dara Deva, Shri Krishna go with Hari Burari, He not Daraya was Sudiva, Sri Krishna go with Hari Burari, He not Dara Yadvas He not Dara Yadava He not Daraya devas O Dabo Bhagwati, Vasude Vaya, O Dabo Bhagwati, Vasude Vaya, O Dabo Bhagwati, Vasude Vaya, Vasude Vaya, Vasude Rab Lakshpat Jadaki. जय बोलो हनुबाद की राब लक्षवर जान की जय बोलो हनुबाद की राब लक्षवर जान की अब जय बोलो की जय Jai Shri Rab, Jai Shri Krishna, Jai Hadubad, Jai Hadubad, Jai...